0: Hello, welcome to the Fulham Focus podcast. My name's Matt Boisclair, and at last the curtain comes down on this awful season this Sunday as we host Newcastle United in front of 2,000 fans at Craven Cottage. It's another pointless fixture so we won't preview it as such, but instead here's a chat Danny and I had a little while ago about Newcastle and Fulham legend Lee Clark. It's Lee Clark in Focus. Right, once again, I've got Danny with me for the last player in focus chat this year. This time, it's Fulham and Newcastle legend Lee Clark. How are you, Danny? Ready for this one? Hello, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Lovely stuff. All right, mate. Well, Fulham fans probably don't look back at Paul Bracewell's brief tenure as Fulham manager with a great deal of affection. But one thing's for sure, without him, we probably wouldn't assign Lee Clark back in 1999. A passionate Geordie who had played nearly 200 games for his boyhood club Newcastle, having worked his way up from the youth team to the first team, his departure was a strange one as he ended up signing for their bitter rival Sunderland in 1997 when his first team opportunities at St James's Park became limited. He gave his all at the stadium a even though he suffered a bad leg break in 1998. Sunderland were promoted in 1999 as they won the league, but Clark was pictured at the FA Cup final contested between Manchester United and his beloved Newcastle, Wearing a derogatory t shirt at the expense of his current employers. There was no way back for him on Wearside. And as we had just been promoted to the then Division One, the current championship, having won Division Two with Kevin Keegan as manager before he left for the England job, Lee Clark signed for Fulham for £3 million. I was really excited when he signed. I thought it was a further signal of intent that we could attract quality players. How did you feel? Yeah, I was, I was very happy. And it was just a, a
1: typical Alfired signing, wasn't it? to evolve the team ready for the next challenge. Um, There was no sitting around waiting. I remember interviewing Neil Smith and he said he was very disappointed that he wasn't given the opportunity to take us to the next level, at least, you know, be part of it. Uh, And like you said, with the way it ended for him at Sunderland, his career was obviously on a, a downward spiral after playing for his beloved Newcastle. And I felt like it was the kind of move that would resurrect his career. Which it did because um, he became a, a mainstay in the team for the next couple of seasons and was influential in getting us back to the Premier
0: League. He came with a lot of experience uh, uh, from Newcastle, and you know he'd he'd fought for promotion uh, a couple of times with with Sunderland. But his his departure it had to happen. He, he couldn't stay there after wearing the t shirt. I think the t shirt said um, "Sad Mac and Bastards" on it. Um, and there's there's no going back from that as as a as a Newcastle fan, and it just made sense. Everything was in the right place at the right time for the move. You know, Paul Bracewell he'd um, he'd had strong connections with Lee Clark from the northeast for for a, a number of years because Bracewell's ex Newcastle and ex Sunderland as well, and everything just kind of fell into place. And it was a it was a new project. Fulham being in Division One at the time, it just I think it suited everybody. Paul Bracewell got the nickname Purcell on the terraces at the time because he did love a clean sheet. Annoyingly, though, we weren't prolific in attack either, and we amassed four nil-nils in a row in the league in December. A run which was brought to an end at the end of the month with a two-nil defeat at Sheffield United. Clark found himself alongside the likes of Sean Davis and Kevin Ball in midfield. Kevin Ball, another one of uh, Bracewell's old mates from Sunderland. Uh, But despite a couple of good results in the Cups, we ended up finishing ninth in the league, nine points outside the playoffs and 22 points behind Manchester City, who won automatic promotion, having been promoted from Division 2 with us via the playoffs the previous season. It was a disappointing season in the end. That being said, Lee Clark did score nine goals, which is not a bad return from midfield, really, is it?
1: It's a decent return. And I think throughout his time at the club, he was always one of the more likely central midfielders to, to get on the score sheet. He was very much a, an attack-minded player. I mean, listen, if you score for nine goals for a midfield in a Paul Braceville
0: team, then you're doing something right. His style of football was boring. And I think it's fair to say that he hasn't gone on to, to manage or have any forge any sort of career as a manager so it just goes to show and we, we've had a couple of managers like that um over the years where they've kind of tried their luck at a reasonable level with us and it just hasn't worked for them and that, that's okay you know if these things happen and I feel like Lee Clark was one of the positive things to take out of Paul Bracewell being manager and You know, if Paul Bracewell had to be manager for a season at Fulham for us to get, you know, a few seasons out of a quality player like Lee Clark, then then I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah, fair enough. He brought in Andy Melville as well, which was another really important signing. Like you said, I think he tried his luck, Bracewell. It was it was never going to work, was it? The style of football that we played, I think we was always going to fall short of being a like a playoff team, and. Tigana coming completely changed the the way we played and took us to the level that the kind of signing like Lee Clark should have taken us to.
0: I think for context as well. We just had Kevin Keegan as manager. Big score lines every week, lots of attacking football, lots of goals. And if Paul Bracewood come in during a different time, when the club weren't so ambitious, then a mid-table finish in the championship probably would have been okay when you look back at our more recent history um, over that time, you know, when we were struggling in the basement division in the 90s. But the fact that the club were so ambitious, we had just witnessed a very attacking season. And then we went, we transitioned into into that Paul Bracewell season where it was just a bit turgid and a bit boring. I think that was probably what cost him his job in the end.
1: Yeah, and it seems to be a bit of a pattern at Fulham. Obviously, Mickey Adams did miracles to get us up. Then the next season, despite getting into the playoffs, was a bit underwhelming. The football wasn't great under Ray Wilkins, was it? Uh, Then we were spoilt with the Keegan season. Bracewell comes in and then Tigana after that. So it seemed to be a bit of a cycle of um, contrasting styles every single season. I think we did well as a club, actually, to transform into the the good
0: football in philosophy so quickly. Well, talking about good football in philosophy, when Jean Tigana took over as manager, everything at the club changed. He had the players training twice a day. He focused on nutrition. He added some pace to the squad and we looked superb all season that year when we won the league. Lee Clark was the engine in midfield and chipped in with another seven goals as we won the league by an absolute mile. What are your memories of Lee Clark during the Division One title winning season?
1: Well, I wouldn't say any standout memories, but more so the consistency in his performances. Engine, you just said, is that's a very good word to describe him. And not just an engine for his football, for his personality as well. I thought he was a very good leader. And that's what epitomised that to go on a team. Yeah, I hear people say all the time now about Kenny not being the greatest of captains, but we lost Chris Coleman halfway through that season. And where we was just, you know, a well-oiled machine and with leaders all over the pitch, you know, big, experienced personalities, I didn't feel like the gulf left by Coleman was as big as it should have been. And that's because the other players were capable of just grinding it out and, and getting over that line. So I think for me, that's my standout. Thing about um, Lee Clark in that season and and throughout his time at the club was how strong a personality he was. I think he was a very passionate, fiery character, uh, and he was a winner. Uh, and I think um, that that Geordie sort of never say die element that he brought to the team added a bit of steel to what was supposed to be quite a fancy European
0: style of football under Tsugana. You look back at that season, and it's quite difficult to pick the bones out of somebody like Lee Clark's contributions and performances. Because really, the standout memories from that team, aside from the fact that we had some great days out and, you know, the Blackburn game and winning the league by so many miles, was, you know, you you look at the individual players and if you're thinking of individuals that season, you're thinking Louis Saha, Boamorto, Barry Hales, because they were the ones that bought the flair. They were the ones that bought the pace and they were the ones that bought the goals. And that that was what won us the league that season ultimately. Or that's that's kind of my memory of it, is, is just how quick we were. But then you you start to break it down and you think, right, well, what were Lee Clark's contributions? And and as I said, the, the engine is the best way to describe it. And nothing epitomizes that more than that Blackburn game when having defended for that entire second half and trying to get a point at Ewood Park it was Lee Clark that got the ball and he was the one that in the 94th minute burst over the line carried the ball and just drove us forward and all of a sudden everybody just followed him Um, and it was Lee Clark that had the shot that deflected into the path of Sean Davis for him to nick us one of my favorite wins ever and that's the best way I can really describe him and kind of sum up his contributions that season was, like you say, the never-say-die, you know, the, the winning mentality, even when the backs were against the wall.
1: Well, that's what i said to you about him being a winner. And yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right to bring up the Blackburn game. Nothing shows that more than being down to 10 men for a whole second half against your rivals for the championship. Uh, and I think most would say, listen, we'll take a point all day long in this position. But we ended up in injury time on the counter-attack with our two most advanced players, being Lee Clark and Sean Davis, who were our midfield, uh, which I think showed the mentality of the whole team to, that we wasn't satisfied with drawing. We was out there to, to win every game. And that's why it was such a breath of fresh air, you know, that you know we'd spent so long in in the doldrums sort of grinding out results. Uh, and then all of a sudden we were, you know, like the big guys of the championship. We was just destroying everyone every single week, whether we had 10 men or 11. People like Lee Clark in your team, like I said, that that character, that personality is the reason why we got so many wins that season rather than draws. You know, turning those one points into three. And that's probably the difference between that team
0: and teams that we've had since. Well, towards the end of our second season in the Premier League, John Tigana left with the club flirting with relegation and Chris Coleman took over. I think Clark had been struggling with injury that season, but he came back in to score the winner against Newcastle towards the end of the season, which put our survival hopes back on track. He then got one against Newcastle the next season too to put us 1-0 up. The lead was doubled by Saha two minutes later, but we ended up losing that game 3-2. What are your memories of those two goals, you know, Lee Clark scoring against his boyhood club? Yeah, it's often
1: a, a big debate when a player, depends how a player reacts when they score against their former team or their boyhood club. Uh, some obviously uh, love it and and really go to town with a celebration. Some are very mute about it and make it clear that they're going to respect the team they've scored against. And Lee Clark didn't want to celebrate, did he? He was, he was almost embarrassed, apologetic to score against them. But that just shows you what kind of person he was. Although he was out there to win at all costs, and, and obviously he was given his all for Fulham at the time, he was a very respectful professional that sort of knew where his heart lied, if you like. And for me, he was a Geordie through and through, and, and I didn't have an issue with that. It wasn't like he wasn't given 100% during the game. So, you know, I know at heart that it, he was given his all for Fulham, and... I kind of admire the fact that he didn't want to rub it in their faces because I think if it had been the other way around, I think he would have done the same for us.
0: I saw an interview with him um, a while ago where he said that he couldn't have ever scored for Sunderland against Newcastle, but scoring for Fulham against Newcastle was fine, but he just didn't celebrate it. And, you know, that, that goal against Newcastle, particularly the first one, was very important to Fulham because it ultimately put us on our way to stopping the rot and helping us to stay up and the fact that he didn't celebrate it because it was against Newcastle I, I think that's quite nice and it just goes to show is the the love and respect that he has for Newcastle I know he's got a lot of friends and family obviously from that way because that's where he's from and he just he wanted to remain respectful but get his get the job done and and, and get the game won so fair play to him a few days after that second Newcastle game that we lost Fulham traveled to Old Trafford to face Manchester United and um, Completely out of the blue with Manchester United as the champions, one three one. Lee Clark, now the Fulham captain, got the first goal. What are your memories of that day? I was there, and
1: I've got to tell you, it was incredible. Yeah, you know, I've, I've had three experiences of Old Trafford. The first one was the very first game uh, of the Premier League era when we was unlucky to lose three two. The second one was the win, and the third one was when we were five nil down after about twenty minutes. So completely contrasting experience of Old Trafford. But to be there on a day when, when we turned them over was, you know, uh, I feel very lucky, very privileged to have been there. Uh, and we thoroughly deserved it. And Lee Clark, I think, had a bit of a weird Premier League career for Fulham. Obviously, he was really important in the, in the Division One, But he was a bit anonymous for the first couple of seasons. Like you said, he, he suffered a lot of injuries. And then he seems to just come back out of the blue and and chip in with goals, and then he become the captain. And all of a sudden, he went from really important to anonymous to really important again. Uh, and it's just it's weird how he could just turn it on like that. I, I think form is obviously temporary, but class is permanent, and I think he's a, a really good example of that. And and once again at Old Trafford, he was chipping in with the goal, right place at the right time for Steed's cross. And yeah, my memory of of Old Trafford is just the whole experience, really. I just, I, I still can't believe we did it. I think Inamoto steals the show with that third goal, but it just, what a time. And I think looking back to that team we had at Loftus Road, when Sahar was in the form of his life, I think it was arguably the best team we had at the Premier League era. When you look at it on paper, there was some fantastic players there. And Lee Clark, for me, was a fantastic captain.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And just just to go back to that day, I, I remember the journey up on the M6 to to Manchester that day was absolutely appalling. There was horrible accident uh, around Birmingham Way, and I just I remember because I left about nine o'clock in the morning, so at six hours that should be plenty of time to to get up there for just after you know midday, one o'clock ish, and ended up having to run to the ground, having parks to make kickoff. Just got in in time for kickoff, and Lee Clark scored that opening goal and. You know, sometimes we take the lead in games against um, against bigger clubs and you just think, oh, well, you know, it's, it's, we've had our moment now. Let's just sit back and wait for the onslaught and, and fall out equalising just on half-time. It was like, oh, here we go. And when we took the lead again in the second half, I remember thinking to myself, we might get a point out of this. <laughs> and then when Inamoto scored, I, was like, I just had my hands on my head thinking, oh, my God, what is happening here? Because that was that was the first big big result that we'd had. I think maybe we'd beaten Liverpool previously. I can't remember. I can't remember the exact timings of it w- without looking it up. But that, but to go to Old Trafford, that was such a big deal. Because growing up, I, you and I kind of grew up in a similar sort of era, I suppose, when Manchester United were just winning everything. All the kids at school supporting Manchester United. No one gave Fulham a second thought. So to go up there and, and get that win was was such a big deal to me at the time. Why? In my opinion, and it is only my opinion,
1: that is the best result of our Premier League experience. All the results we've had in the 14 seasons we've had in the Premier League, for me, that's top. Even beating Chelsea at home, for me, beating Man United away was the biggest result we had. I couldn't believe it. Uh, and and like you, when we went two-one up early in the second half with, with that Steed goal, all I kept thinking was. I've been here before. Sahar so did this, uh, his second goal, just after half time, and we were 2 1 up. And then Van Nistelrooy scored two goals in like five minutes and completely turned it on its head. So I wasn't getting carried away at 2 1. But as soon as Inamoto's goal went in, I was like, what is going on here? I can't believe it. Because it wasn't long to go. I think it was about 15, 20 minutes left. So, yeah, and, and we held on. I think we took them by surprise when Inamoto's goal went in because. It wasn't just a set piece or something. If you watch the build-up play to that goal, we're pretty much toying with them. It's lovely little one-touch football in the final third, waiting for someone to make a run. And it's just, it's the type of goal you expect them to be scoring against us. And I think we took the stuffing out of them. And I can't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure that the last 20 minutes was fairly comfortable.
0: I don't remember being nervous that we weren't going to win that game. I think Van der Sar made a couple of good stays in injury time, but yeah, it, it was, it, it it was such a good result. And I'll tell you a little story now. I, you know, the club sometimes put on these events where you can go and meet players and get stuff signed. Well, what there was a night quite near Christmas um, when Chris Coleman and Steve Keane were in the club shop signing stuff. So I went and queued up and back in the day, I think it was a, a VHS back then, a video um, of the the whole uh, Manchester United Fulham game and I took it up there to get a um, to get the the insert signed by um signed by them for my dad for Christmas. Um and I queued up, got to the front and I I handed it over to to Chris Coleman and Steve Keane and Chris Coleman just had had this massive grin across his face and he nudged Steve Keane and went here have a look at that. <laughs> just that the picture on the front of all the players celebrating with Manchester United one Fulham three on the front. It's just like almost like it must have been one of the best results in his career as well. But let's move it back to Lee Clark again then. So what did you think of Lee Clark, the Fulham captain? It might
1: surprise some people because I think Danny Murphy is is the most popular choice, but for me, he was the best captain we had in the Premier League. There was something about him, he was just it was just a born leader a lot of captains uh, nowadays lead by example but lee clark was the type that would get in your face bit of an old fashioned captain you know would uh, push her or, or have a go at you if if you were doing something wrong i remember playing blackburn away a game we won 3-1 at ewood park it was i think it was 2005 and we were 2-1 up and then craig short had just been sent off for them for pushing balmore over so we were 2-1 up with a one-man advantage now in the second half. A couple of minutes later, Robbie Savage does a tackle on someone. Can't, it might have been Morte, And Liam Rossini does exactly what Craig Short did and pushes Robbie Savage over. So the referee <laughs> has no choice. He, he's given one a red card, you've got to give the other one a red card. And it was such a stupid thing to do. Just got them down to 10 men. We're winning away from home. And then he does that. And Lee Clark's reaction is incredible. I don't know if there's any footage of it anywhere, but Liam Racine was only a young man. He, He might have even still been a teenager. I'm not sure how old he was, but Lee Clark's pushing him, pointing to his head, you know, with his finger, saying, what are you doing? You know, why aren't you thinking? Use your brain. You've let the team down here massively. And you could see how embarrassed Racine was from Lee Clark's reaction. And I'll tell you what, I bet Liam Rossignor never did it again in his career. But for me, that's what I like to see. I can't imagine Lee Clark reacting to Adam Adamola Lutman doing that penalty the way that everybody else did, giving him hugs and kisses. You know, I I liked the way Lee Clark responded to Liam And For me, as a senior player in the team, that's what you should be doing. You should be educating them. And, you know, guiding them through the game. For me, he was the best leader we ever had. He was a born leader. He was a warrior. And where he was a Geordie, and I suppose up north they're typically a bit rougher than we are, I just felt it gave him a good edge as a captain. And I loved seeing him go in for a tackle or have a go at the ref or, you know, at, at even one of his teammates. I loved it. I, I thought it was um, a really good characteristic to have in a captain.
0: By rougher, you mean like more grit, don't you? But Harder.
1: Yeah, yeah, tougher. You know, um, yeah. prepared to to grind out results and you don't care about the whether it's cold or or raining. They're up for the fight. I admired Lee Clark. I thought he was. Um, I thought those characteristics were exactly what you need in the heart of your midfield. And I think sometimes our midfield has been too soft in recent games.
0: Well, another game that really stands out for me that involved Lee Clark was Aston Villa at home back in 2005. Edwin van der Sar saved two penalties when we were 1-0 down, both penalties from one, Pablo Angel. And then Lee Clark equalised in injury time and got us a point. Do you remember that night? Wow! I mean, if you were there, how can you forget it?
1: I think it's the first time in Premier League history that a goalkeeper had saved two penalties from the same player so you've, uh, Angel was the first Premier League player to miss two penalties basically in a game in a Premier League game and it was just it was one of those mad occasions obviously Andy Cole missed one as well I think it might have even been the first time in a Premier League game where three penalties have been missed and again it's, it's one of those occasions that I regret not staying to the final whistle I think it's the only time I have missed a, a really important goal so, yeah, lesson learned. I was walking down Fulham Palace Road after the game and the car drove past me and went, uh, there's only one Lee Clark. And I thought, I said, I looked at my mum and I thought, He's taking a piss, isn't he? And then we looked at the result and Lee Clark had scored. So I couldn't believe it. And obviously seen it back many times on the replays
0: and it was just a typical Lee Clark goal on the edge of the box. Lee Clark left that summer with his final game being the 6-0 thrashing of Norwich, which sent them down. Then he returned to Newcastle. Were you sad to see him go? I know I was.
1: Yeah, of course. When someone uh, like that leaves, you're always sad to see him go. And, you know, maybe his time at the club was up. From his point of view, I mean, I, I don't know what his plans were. Obviously, the natural thing to do was to go back to Newcastle and back home. So... It was sad to see him go, but I think he'd served us really well. And from his point of view, it was probably the right time and the right move.
0: He got a good send-off on the pitch. I seem to remember him being in the centre circle, um, you know, because it was the last game of the season and the players had done their lap of honour and Lee Clark was just brought into the centre circle and must have been David Hamilton, said a few words and then everyone gave him a uh, a good send-off. So that that was a nice touch and he remains one of my favourite Fulham players ever, to be honest, Lee Clark. What was your favourite Lee Clark moment from his time at the club, mate? My favourite moment,
1: um, specifically for him, I think it would have to be that Liam Messina story that I described. Bit of a strange one. But, uh, you know, that's what summed him up as a player and as a captain. If you was just to bring up Lee Clark in a conversation to me and say, oh, Lee Clark, what do you think? The first thing I would think about is what a good captain he was. So... There's no point in me picking a goal, you know, or, or something like that. For me, the way he led
0: the team is what I loved most about him. That's nice. Yeah, that's that's a nice way of summing it up. And for me, I'd have to say that Manchester United game and him captaining the side, scoring the opening goal, and just getting that win at Old Trafford. Just a fantastic day. And I think I agree with you. Our our best result in the Premier League era. Um you know, aside from those types of games, you know, the Man City win when we had to win to to give ourselves a chance to stay up in the Portsmouth game. You know, the, on, on its own, uh, going to Old Trafford and beating the, the current reigning champions in October, so still quite early in the season, w- was just amazing. So that, that would be it for me. Well, Lee Clark made 178 appearances, scoring 22 goals over six seasons, four of which were in the Premier League. Rate his Fulham career out of 10, mate.
1: Well, although he was an outstanding captain, I do have to take into consideration the fact that there were a couple of seasons in the Premier League, our first couple of seasons where he was fairly anonymous because he was injured a lot. Uh, And I don't think it really phased us. I think we just got on with it. It wasn't like a a technical player. I think he was an all-round good player but I wouldn't say that you saw him play and and you were mesmerised by his skill or the goals that he scored. Having said that, I absolutely loved him. Obviously, he was a big part of the reason we went up and he went on to be a really good captain, putting in results like the Old Trafford one, which I'll never forget. Um, I would actually say as well that of all the midfielders we've had across the promotions to the Premier League, so that would be Tegana's team, Slav's team and Parker's team last season, for me, Lee Clark was the best midfielder across all three squads. So I'm going to give him a an 8.5. I'm
0: going straight in with a 10. He's full of elite to me. He's one of my favourite ever players. I can't give him anything but a 10. I love his heart. I love his spirit. Like you say, he might not be the, the most technically gifted, you know, not as technically gifted as a Danny Murphy, but he more than made up for that in other areas. I just love him. He's one of my favourite ever Fulham players, 10 for me. Well, I mean,
1: do you agree that he is the best midfielder of any team promoted to the Premier League then?
0: 100%. Who's better?
1: Well, yeah, well, I agree with that. All right, I'll tell you what, I'll give him a nine. I'm happy with giving him a nine. I'm surprised you went with a 10, to be honest, given the other players we give 10s to, but I don't want to be a Scrooge. I'll give him a nine.
0: Well, that's your lot this time. We'll be back early next week with full reaction to the game. We'll then be back in the next few weeks with a big fat quiz of the season and our annual awards show. Something to look forward to, I'm sure. Speak to you soon. Cheers.